Hello, I'm Ken Decker, and I've got a special guest with me, Wes Cunningham, today. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. And we're excited to welcome you to another episode of the Inside Track where we share techniques, tips, thoughts, tools, and truths that we all need. We all, you and I, we both need them. And they help us turn our house into a home and that we can live the best lives possible. Well, Wes, thanks for joining me today. It's it's awesome to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. And we're here to talk about the Wealth Formula book. You have your copy here. I have my, I have a copy here that's fully tabbed. Yours is fully tabbed. We're going to discuss that, why it's tabbed, what it's done for you, and all that kind of stuff over the next uh, 30 minutes. Right on. So what what caused you to read the wealth formula in the first place? Where did you get this? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I got this from you. So um, while we were, well after we had uh, met the Decker team and had started working together and we'd bought a few houses uh, together in all of this. Uh, you guys had put on a wealth building workshop that my wife and I were quite interested to attend. And so we did. And if I recall correctly, I seem to remember the book was there and I'd asked you about the book and you were gracious enough to give me a copy of that book. Uh, and, and, and having done so, I thought to myself, well, I better read this book. If someone's going to be so kind enough to, to both write it and give me a copy, I went through and, uh, and read it over the course of the very few next few days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So you read it over the next few days. I, I find it an incredibly easy read. So it was okay. very easy to get through that. It's uh, the characters are written in a way that are very relatable and you can see elements of, uh, I can see elements of myself in, in many of them. And, uh, and, and the way that's written in such a, um, uh, a passing of time and, and, and lifetime experience uh, aspect of that really make it, uh, makes it uh, a good one, a good easy read. Okay. Yeah. I did write it at about a grade five level <laughs> kind of cause that's where I, I operate that very relatable people people can understand the concepts in it because I wanted to write a financial book that was an easy read mm -hmm. you know my my first financial book I read was uh, David Chiltern's The Wealthy Barber right and since you've read this book have you read any other financial books I have I've read like during my journey of of improving my wealth uh, maturity, uh, I had read books. I had spoken to folks about it before. I'd uh, done an MBA, so I got a sense for business and and oh, okay. and how that fits into uh, into 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 money and management. And yeah, I've read some books uh, since then uh, as well. Uh, just all part of the um, of the of the the gathering of information to improve my uh, my understanding. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me ask you. What was the best book you've read? And don't, don't let it pressure you that I'm sitting beside you. Because I, I love to read. I continue to read financial books. Um, what, what, was, what was one of your favorites? Oh, you, you started with The Wealthy Barber. I think that was one of the first ones that, that, that I had read as well. It's got, a, it's, it's got a name for itself in terms of, of being that go-to book in order to, uh, to start that up. I may have, I may have uh, listened to that one on, on audiobook mm -hmm. uh, at one point in time, certainly a, um, uh, certainly a, a foundational book. Okay. So that was one of your favorites too. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that caused me to write this as a story was The Wealthy Barber. 
it became a bestseller. And actually, I heard David Chilton talk one time and he said he didn't know why it became a bestseller. And I know why. It's because it was very easy to yeah. read and it yeah. became a movement. Um, so that was that was very interesting. Now, the first part of the book is about debt and getting out of consumer right. debt. Tell me, when, when you first got the book, did you have consumer debt that you needed to dig out? Because the subtitle is like build wealth, even if you're down to your last dime. So was that an issue for you or, or, or not? It was not at the time. So okay. I would suggest that I started my, my wealth journey probably just after I had uh, graduated high school or university or the, probably about that point in time, which was, which was about a decade before uh, mm -hmm. the book was introduced to me. I had been raised with a healthy skepticism of consumer debt. Okay. Uh, I thought when I stepped off of, um, of, of university, I would never use a credit card. That's not the case. In fact, I practically use nothing but credit cards now, but right. they are paid off every month mm -hmm. in full okay. 100% of the time. So I think in terms of, of having had consumer debt, I did buy my first car. I know Zane would be quite upset with me here, but I did buy my first car on credit, <laughs> but I ended up paying off that loan as a, as a very junior uh, member of my career. Um, Quite quickly, within about yeah. a year, a year and a half of that. So, and and after that, we really haven't had consumer debt. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Zane wouldn't be upset with you <laughs> because, you know, Zane helps people, and I know him personally. <laughs> he helps people dig out of the mistakes that got them to where they were, and and I was one of those people that, you know, my wife and I. I bought my first car cash. My second car we paid uh, in 1982. 21 and three quarter percent interest wow. rate on it. Yeah. So, um, I understand that. And did, did the book help you as far as, uh, understanding other types of debt? Like wh where did it take you? Oh, on it, that? it absolutely did. And that's, what's great about it is it, 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 it defines a spectrum of wealth maturity and takes you through that to the point where even though I didn't need those first chapters about consumer debt, um, understanding how to, pay them off, uh, helps me to, to speak with other people about uh, those things, and then getting into saving the cushion so that you've got that uh, cash available so that financial emergencies aren't emergencies. They're just mm -hmm. uh, setbacks that you can uh, you can adapt. Those kinds of, uh, uh, and, then the, and then getting into the um, investing and the mature investment aspects that are at the, at the far end of that spectrum uh, have all been really great in terms of helping me to, you know, make decisions, including... Mm -hmm. For example, using the lever leveraging one investment property to pursue a second. And we did that together right. back in 2015. So that, that you found was okay after reading the book. It's okay to, to get investment debt to build wealth through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And were there any surprises in the book? What, what, uh, anything that jumped out at you? Nothing was nothing was, was striking in the sense that, like I said, I, I had I had a foundational understanding of uh, of, of of certain elements on that, and mm -hmm. so um, the, certainly the first part gave me confidence that the decisions that we had made and the lifestyle that we had chose with regards to that was the right was the right way to go. So that there a lot of confidence building there. Now I probably put myself sort of midway a little beyond midway on that spectrum uh of the uh, of of the of the formula that this discusses 
Mm-hmm. And so there's still more opportunity uh, for us to progress. I did learn a lot about the uh, the mature investment side of things that, you know, unless unless you've got somebody to help you understand that sort of thing, that kind of information just doesn't come to people. You need to mm-hmm. sort of, that, that needs to come from, uh, from someplace. So I wouldn't call it a surprise per se, but uh, absolutely um, uh, an, a book that helped to encourage that the decisions that were made and future decisions are the right ones. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now you, you said an interesting thing. You help some people who maybe have some debt issues or whatever you, no, I'm not going to use the word counsel, but they come to you and ask you questions, I'm assuming, because you're you're quite successful in your career and your and your wealth building. In in some cases, uh, more more often, it's been a matter of uh, in 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 the job I have, I've got um, folks that work in my organization that don't come with the same level of wealth maturity, and I've had been I've been tasked to uh, to some of these folks to help them um, get out of some of the challenges that uh, that Dave and uh, that that the folks in the book. Uh, we're working themselves out of. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So if you're thinking, man, I'm resonating with Wes, maybe pick up a copy of the wealth formula because we're grateful to be partners with you moving forward together towards wealth, wisdom, and worth. Books certainly have changed my life. And we've also recorded over 587 episodes that give you insights on real estate, insider tips, making your house a home, building wealth, and having a life exponential. These videos are available on YouTube or on CHRI. And the beauty is you can watch them on the go, in the office, or at home. So again, we're back with our guest, Wes Cunningham, and we're discussing how the book, The Wealth Formula, which I wrote about 10 years ago, has uh, impacted your life and your family's life. And so we've got some more questions for you. I'm I'm enthralled the way you tabbed this book. You've got (laughs) notes on the side uh, of important things. You mentioned that the yellow tabs at the top were for what? For Sarah's diary. Diary notes. Yeah. So they okay. mark, because she has a diary that summarizes each chapter at the end, they sort of uh, double as chapter indicators. Okay. And then you also put blue tabs at the bottom. And what are those? So uh, obviously a key player in uh, this story is Zane, who comes in when needed, as needed, to provide just the right kind of advice uh, for uh, the couple in, in question. And each time he shows up, I felt that was very important. So they got their own specific tabs. You're right. It was very important. He's kind of mystical. Indeed. He's a real person, but how he shows up is mystical. And I tried to do the the story around when the student is ready. Yeah the teacher shall appear. And it's kind of like the teacher's always there, but you don't find them until you're ready for them. And so that's why Zane kind of showed up when they were only when they were ready for the next step. As real as you say he is, there's a certain providential aspect to him that he just he just happens to be where uh, where needed when needed, uh, which makes it for a very you know a very interesting um, uh, way that he weaves into the story, a real life a feeling like a real life story between that couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of, it, that's interesting. You say it's like, and I, and I put a disclaimer on the front that, you know, none of the characters are actual real people. 
But the story is made up of a combination of Yetta's and my experience, uh, our daughter's experience, and her experience with a house. The house was an actual real house wow. in the story. And all the work that was done, my son-in-law and I did that work. The only thing that was made up was the bicycle built for two. <laughs> Which is an important, I love the bicycle built for two because it, it it's such a symbol throughout and not just the the couple, a couple needs to, because it's more than just a book about building wealth. I find that there's advice in here about personal growth and about relationship growth in there. And while they are, you know, not the main theme of the story. It's certainly in there and that's been helpful uh, as well. And, and, a, and, a, and a bicycle built for two as a symbol for a couple working together and communicating and understanding. And yet the bicycle never gets damaged throughout all the damn, all the, all the uh, yeah. abuse that the, that, 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 that the relationship goes through and the bike by, by metaphor goes through, it still comes out gleaming and not even scratched. And I think that really spoke to me. Hmm. Interesting. And, so you're you're married. You have a couple of children. Um, were you always on the same page financially? Because in the book, the couple is not on the same right. page financially. And part of the mentorship that Zane does is bring them onto the same page. Were you guys always on the same page financially? We had, I think, a great foundation together. Neither of us uh, brought into the relationship big consumer debt. Neither of us brought in a tendency to uh, overspend or or, or uh, actively try to live beyond our means. We both brought in, I think, a, a rationality that 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 allows us to communicate and discuss challenging wealth and uh, and legacy kind of uh, questions. But at the same time, I would be you know remiss to suggest that we never disagreed mm -hmm. on on certain aspects. And, and I think what has been helpful is with a framework, with, with, with decisions that represent chapters in the context of a whole journey or formula, uh, mm -hmm. that's been helpful in allowing us to communicate within that context and come to uh, good mutual decisions. Awesome. And I know uh, Daphne came with you to the wealth formula seminar that you came to, which was about building wealth. Right. And uh, actually I haven't done those in probably Oh, probably eight years. Probably could redo those again at some point for, for our listeners. So after reading the book, can you tell me, because you, you've implemented, and we're going to get into a little bit of the results you've gotten from implementing some of the strategies in the book. Um, were there lifestyle changes that you made to either accelerate your investment journey or or to... Yeah, I'd say accelerated because it sounds like you were already on that path before you read the book. You were already not into consumer debt and you were actively building wealth or savings and that kind of thing. So can you tell me, um, really, did did any of your lifestyle change or to accelerate that path? Uh, it, it absolutely did because um, it did it in two ways. The first sort of foundation was that it that it because I had been doing things or had learned things that it also suggested, it gave me that confidence that I was on a right, a right track, mm -hmm. an inside track, if you would. Yeah. Uh, the other aspect of this is that uh, it, 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 it allowed me to identify where I was on that wealth maturity spectrum and to start taking the next step. So I did things like uh, instead of just tracking my expenses and budgeting my expenses, I moved to establishing regularly an understanding of the family wealth. And I do that now 
Zane suggests monthly. I do that weekly, as a matter of fact. Really? Every Saturday morning, we're in there just to, 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 to check that, that thing out. So you do that as a couple? Yes. You sit down Saturday morning and you... And you look at where your financial picture is. Yeah. So I do, I'll, I'll go through and cause I'm the numbers guy. I mm-hmm. will go through and, and, and identify the, the, the costs and the cash flow and the wealth built and, and, and the, and the like. And then we will discuss after that sort of where we are, what lessons we can learn uh, and how oh, we progress. That's amazing. You know, I do do that in business and, you know, I get a, a weekly snapshot at the end of the week, what our expenses have been. Uh, what what our income has been, what we're projecting for the rest of the month, and what's projected for the next three months, actually, right. as a business tool. And like Zane recommended once a month, because I think most people, once a month would be a stretch for them to do, <laughs> never mind weekly. Indeed, so indeed. kudos to you. Well, it, it goes to the context. And we've spoken about this many times in terms of what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. But I think, you know, that old that old proverb, that business proverb of you can't manage what you don't measure. I think fundamentally just, um, you know, if folks were to sit down and understand even once what their wealth picture was, that would take folks to a very, you know, uh, quite a ways down that path in terms mm-hmm. of just, just knowing that it exists, knowing that it's a thing that you can influence, know, influence, manage, grow decide to do something on uh, it makes for a great first step yeah it sure does because you know uh i think in the i don't know you're you're air force right that's correct I, I I know there's a term dead reckoning, which I think is a, is that a naval term or is that air force as well it's certainly used in the air force yeah okay so it's like where are you yes and you need to know where you are financially before you can take the next step because you don't know what the next step is unless you know where you are well, and that's the first step, that face, that, that financial awareness, creating that empowerment. That's the empowerment that uh, you, you need to know you can know. And once mm-hmm. you know how to know something like that, then it opens up possibilities in terms of uh, making decisions that will progress that. Yeah, well, perfect. So we want to thank you for having the privilege of growing alongside of you because we are passionate about all of us being positioned for generational legacy. Welcome back to the Inside Track. And it's interesting that for over 30 years, the Decker team has helped well over 3,117 families not only buy and sell real estate, but to build their finances, build their faith, build their fun, and to even strengthen, heal, and flourish in their relationships. 30 years of helping people. And so today we're, we're still with Wes Cunningham. We're discussing the wealth formula and the impact that it's had in his life and his family's life over the, oh, probably about eight years or so that he's, uh, was introduced to the book. Um, so you were introduced it to eight years ago. Have you read it more than once? I was going through it uh, in preparation for our interview today and realized that that was at least the third time uh, that I'd read the book. Of course, the first time was um, when I received it and was very grac- grateful for that and, uh, and and went through it over the next uh, couple of days. Uh, and then I'd read it once other t- one other time uh, between then and now and then uh, and then one more time just to remind myself of the uh, uh, the details mm. there. Now, again, you said you read it over the next couple of days. Are you typically a fast reader? Do you put do you go through a book like in less than a week? Typically, uh, only if it catches my attention. I'm a, I'm I'm a 
my attention span may not be as uh, as focused as sometimes it needs to be. So I found that to be an easy read. It was uh, one of the one book that um, that just didn't really take that long to to just want to know what's going on with the next chapter. Okay, cool. Um, so you you read it relatively quickly. You've read it three times. Uh, obviously, there is value in there if you've gone back to it. There's reminders, and um, so now you 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 bought. You bought some real estate when you first moved to Ottawa. You bought a house. You kept that when you got transferred. I think maybe Yadot spoke to you about that on a previous show. Um, And then you came back and you bought, you kept that one as a rental and you bought one for yourself. That's right. And then uh, shortly thereafter, you, you bought another investment property in Ottawa. Which was the first time we bought a house that we didn't live in. Yes. Okay, because you'd lived in the condo before. That's right. You bought something you didn't live in. Was that a different experience, buying something you knew was for a tenant and not for yourself? Oh, it absolutely was. And um, although we at that point in time were experienced in purchasing houses, we didn't feel uncomfortable where that was concerned. But even mm-hmm. even now when I go and, and, and do my inspection on that house or when the tenants speak to me and I want to go in and see what's going on, it's weird to go into a house that you own, but you've never had the... Uh, the day-to-day living in experience—it's uh, it's a it's a it's a weird sort of juxtaposition there. Hmm. Interesting, because I find a lot of people find it hard to rent the house that they've lived in because you have to disconnect from it emotionally. Whereas you buy a property that's always tenanted. You're not quite as emotionally attached to that that property. Did you find that? I can absolutely see that. And when we do go back to the first house that that we bought together, my wife and I bought together, um, you know, the memories come flooding back because it's so experiential. And that was the the room that we that we used for the for the uh, for the. The, for the for the PT stuff, the, uh, the 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 wellness stuff, and this was the room we used for the TV, and that's where this was, and the, and the like. So, um, but then at the same time, we've been in enough houses when we go and try to buy one to see how the the furniture set up differently. Like that, we can we can sort of see that. Of course, that's their home now. It might be our house, but it's certainly their home. Their home. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. That's a great philosophy. It's my it's my property. It's their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So. You used the wealth formula to to really decide to leverage your home and buy another one by using the the, the keys in here. And in the in the uh, just the in the show right before, you mentioned that you check your wealth every every week. You look at how's it going? Are we going up? Are we going down? Or what's our spending right. plan for the coming week and that kind of thing? Um, do you have any idea what you would contribute in your your wealth, either an amount or a percentage, that was caused directly by the actions you took because of the impetus of this book? So I think the easy part would be uh, acknowledging that I don't think we would have had the confidence to uh, leverage the first rental to purchase the second uh, investment property, uh, and therefore we wouldn't have had that had it not been for uh, you know the influence that you've had on us. So uh, the the entire value of that house minus the uh, the extra uh, mortgages would be attributed to that. There's a second less less concrete aspect of it, which is that it it, it caused us to think down, become a little more think down the path of of more mature investing and 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 work with our investment advisor to go down different paths that I think have uh, up till this year given us wealth, but 
but more, more recently protected some of our wealth given mm. that, given the circumstances. So, uh, I think it would be on, on a low end, probably 20, 25%, and maybe on a high end, probably closer to, to 35 or 40% more family wealth that could be directly or indirectly attributed to the lessons learned there. Wow. That's amazing. And you know, for a, a look at the back, it's, uh, Twenty six ninety five, and and a couple of days to read it. That's a great investment in your family. So that that's phenomenal, indeed. Yeah. So, um, what, if any, are there any books on your on your list for twenty twenty three that you want to read, whether uh, wealth building or or otherwise? Yeah, I, I'm. Given where we're, where I'm at right now, uh, job wise uh, and the like, there's not been a whole lot of time to uh, to put towards uh, some of that uh, uh, some of that 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 optional uh, reading. So okay. I don't have anything uh, lined up at this point. Okay, and 2023 uh, is just around the corner. Um, Real estate changes. What what do you got in the plans? Well, uh, we're we're likely to uh, see another posting. Uh, coming up. So I'll be leaving uh, Ottawa for uh, some period of time uh, next year. So we'll be knocking on the door with another house to, uh, uh, to sell uh, here. And, uh, and I think the big challenge for the next year will be bringing the, uh, the family through uh, the, um, the challenges and opportunities of a, of a move. Transition. Yeah. With your girls getting older, the oldest is 10, I think you said. Yeah. So we've yeah. been here now for the, by next summer, it will be five years. So, so Ooh, that's a long time life, in your history. Oh, it's amazing. It's the longest <laughs> I've ever spent in any one place throughout my entire year, even as a, even as a boy. So for the, for the, for the, for my daughters, this will be their first even though they've moved several times, they were too young to sort of understand it. Right. This will be the first time for them. Change you know, of very practical change way. of school, change of uh, change of friends. That that whole transition is tough, indeed. And then, uh, so you have three properties in Ottawa now. Uh, you said sell. You're probably going to sell the one. Are you going to keep the other two still? Yeah, absolutely. Plan to to continue with that. They're they are building wealth for the family, uh, not without uh, challenges. We still need to put some money into into fixing, you know, this, that, and the other. They are homes that are being lived in, after all. So that's something that that folks need to sort of understand if they want to get into that. That there are expenses associated uh, with home ownership, whether you live in there or not. Mm-hmm. But that's we're planning to keep them. Uh, and then, uh, just given where we are, uh, we're, we, we want to, we want to own our place, uh, in the next city. So we're going to use the, uh, the equity we've got from this house to, to transition it into that next one and continue to build our, you know, our, our residential home equity, mm-hmm. uh, that way. Okay. And if you had like 30 seconds, which is what we've got, <laughs> what parting wisdom would you like to give to our listeners? You know, the framework with regards to that. Um, wealth maturity is, is, is understand where you are on that and, and, and accept that you can move, you can move forward on that wealth maturity scale by, by talking with folks, by doing some self-improvement and, and, and understanding, you know, it goes back to Zane's fundamental lesson, which is that financial awareness, creating the empowerment piece, uh, that really makes a difference between knowing where you are and getting to where you want to be. Awesome. Thanks. So we're honored to be your advocates on this journey of building wealth through real estate and having a life exponential. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.